It's the Horrorphoria Podcast. Don't touch that dial. Andy Gilly and John Richards are your hosts of this weekly podcast to rate and review horror movies. Is it good? Is it bad? <laughs> Is it a classic? Find out now. <laughs> Welcome to the Horrorphoria Podcast. It is Thursday, December 31st of 2020, episode number 90. We are recapping the best horror movies of 2020 in our opinions. Uh, we'll also do a few of the honorable mentions and a few dishonorable mentions. Broadcasting from our Bye bye 2020 and hello 2021 studios in Wausau, Wisconsin. I'm John Richards. And Andy Gilly. It's a horror for you, 91. Isn't 91. It? I think you said 94, but yeah. Okay, I uh, meant 91. Sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about those cocktails and we have them later today. Yeah, absolutely. I'd be very glad to have this uh, year over. I think everybody is. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, you know, because we're not going to. I think with this, like we did similar to last year, is that we'll we'll run through our top five, give our honorable mentions, and uh, give our dishonorable mentions. I will just mention this at the top: is it's a light spoiler alert. Um, some of these movies we may spoil for you. I think the brand new ones that we have not reviewed on the show because we are planning on reviewing them n- next year. Uh, we'll, we'll try to keep it as spoiler free as possible. Right. So twenty twenty, Andy. This has been a, <laughs> a, a unforgettable year. You could say that. That's, that's <laughs> the say least the you least. can say about 2020. Yeah, to say the least. Right. Um, I, I, there were a lot of good things that came out of it. Yeah, I, I guess you know to use this phrase, a silver lining. Yeah. You know, we made a lot of friends in the horror movie community. Um, the one thing that I'm really proud of, and and our show has just kind of evolved because it started as the weekly horror scope. Yeah. And we come up with this wonderful name, the horror for you, and it's really kind of stuck. You know, I appreciate all the people that follow us on social media. The, the feedback that we have gotten is, has been all positive. And that's why I love talking about horror movies. I love being a part of this community because, you know, I haven't heard anything negative. And, you know, for me, if we hear something negative, it's more of a constructive criticism of something that we could do better. But. I haven't heard anything. No, I, I think it's it's great. It's it is a you know I've really kind of I've always been a part of the hum, uh, horror community, I guess, but I've really you know gotten a good look at it and, and been more involved um, in in the last couple of years through this podcast. And it is a very inclusive, uh, very uh, very friendly community. You know, I mean, uh, a lot of uh, not not judgy or anything like that open to and, and it's made me more like that like when I when it came into this I really had some preconceptions about certain types of horror and and you know certain ideas and things like that and that's kind of gone away from me because uh, you know it just be, because of the attitudes and the um, you know the, the way that the people in the horror community think it, it's really pretty great yeah I mean and we don't always agree with with oh no we know, don't. how we feel about a movie but I think that's <laughs> you know this is our platform to be able to you know maybe be a voice for somebody else Andy could take one side I could take one side but it is our opinions you know we're not trying to you know just just give some some half-assed comment about movies that we review that that we take a serious eye to it you know i don't want to be called a critic but somebody that that really just analyzes a movie and i like this i didn't like this andy does the same i like this i didn't like this um but this has been fun man i i 
we got 100 coming up in just a couple of months so it's been it really has been a blast and i and i think you know i've I've really tried to stay away from becoming a critic because yeah. there, I, more and more I notice that there's like a massive chasm dichotomy between like what professional critics think of movies and what, what the people who actually go watch them think. You know, you look at these Rotten Tomato scores where, uh, you know, movies gets like 20% from the critics and 70% from the from the audience. Well, yeah. I, wa- I want to be a part of the audience, you know. I, I, I want to see the good in these movies and, you know, if it's an enjoyable movie i don't want to pick it apart for something arbitrary that you know i'm supposed to because i'm a critic well so i've really tried to you know make sure that i keep my stay a fan of horror and don't become you know just a critic i guess just a but that's kind of that's kind of what we do with the podcast though is that we can't we're not just sitting down and enjoying it we are enjoying the movie but we got to add something add something to it we've got to add something intelligent or at least semi yeah, when you're when you're doing a podcast like this or a you know movie review column or whatever, you do have to take a different look at it, and you, you have to account for different tastes and styles and things like that. So you you watch it with a different eye, I guess. And, and but I guess you just have to be careful not to you know dog on a, a movie because it's because uh, of certain arbitrary things that you think you know that you, in your opinions too just like last week's movie a zombie zombie musical I I, I I would, you know, if I had to talk about that with my friends like two years ago, I'd have been like, this this really sucks. But I had I had to look at it with a more open mind and think, you know, there's probably some people that are going to like this. So yeah. so I watched it, you know, in that vein. Well, for me personally, I do like to try to take myself out of that. I don't get enjoyment out of this subgenre, um, you know, but. Yeah, that's a perfect example of just like we're not fans of musicals. You're not a fan of zombie movies at all. Oh, I hate zombie movies. Right? Um, but I mean, you gave it a good score, and you, you thought it was a good movie. I mean, just being able to—it <laughs> had some good songs in it. <laughs> to, be, to be a little more objective about it, rather than your personal taste, and I've tried right. to do the same thing. So. Right. Um, but yeah, it's been a great year. I want to thank all the guests that we've had on this past year. We, we got introduced to Anya Gore from Horror Morn yep. with Anya Gore. So thank you, Anya. Yeah. Um, Bob, Justin, Randy from Straight Chillin' Podcast. We appreciate you guys coming on this year and making the, uh, the conversations that we had about the movies we discussed that much more interesting. Um, we both got to be on different podcasts, too. I know the Straight Chilling guys want to have you on eventually. Yeah. We were both on Anya's podcast, and I know that we were, we're developing these wonderful um, horror movie friendships that, you know, to have more people on in the Absolutely. community and to have them on with us. So Shout out to the guys from uh, Something Ghoulish. Something uh, they, Ghoulish, they, for they sure. G- they gave us a really nice Christmas card this year. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Anthony, um, yeah. I'll talk about that next week. We, we, yeah. there, it's kind of it's kind of intertwined with a couple of different podcasts of what's right. going to be coming up, and you know what I'm talking about. So yeah. we'll talk about that one next week. Uh, okay, but thank you guys. It's been a wonderful year. Uh, the podcast is no, I'm just kidding. Uh, horror movie news. <laughs> okay, we do have some horror movie news this week. Uh, you know, we don't talk about TV shows because we have tried to keep this a podcast about horror movies. Right. Uh, I think there's enough places to go see stuff about TV and all that. But, uh, you know, I've been watching this Hannibal show lately. It's kind of old. I think it came
came out in 2013 or something. I'm really a big, huge fan of Red the Rip, the book Red Dragon. Yeah. And uh, I liked the Manhunter movie probably more than the Edward Norton Red Dragon movie. But uh, So I, I've actually been watching some horror TV, um, and I've, yeah. I've found that... Uh, Talk found about it. growth. You just saw it right, right here, folks. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> but uh, we can discuss another big horror TV show because The Walking Dead seems to uh, seems like a film might be in the works for that uh, TV show. I've heard that there's a couple of talks. Uh, the character Rick Grimes is going to get his own movie. Correct. Rosemary Rodriguez, who directed several episodes of the show, tweeted something interesting this week when the uh, show's Twitter asked, what do you look forward to most in 2021? Rosemary tweeted, finding Rick Grimes on the big screen. Uh, Andrew Lynch. Lincoln, who, of course, plays Rick Grimes, kind of confirmed that when he said he hopes the movie begins filming this spring. Uh, probably not a movie I'm going to be able to watch. I think you have probably, you know, I, I feel like this is going to be like that 2008 X-Files movie. Mm-hmm. You know, I watched, I actually watched that show and I didn't get that movie for oh, a while. But I feel like you might need to watch, be a fan of the show to watch this kind of film. I don't I, know. I, it's, it, you know, TV shows for me. There are very few TV shows that that end satisfyingly, and I think The Walking Dead, the fact... I I know it's a successful show, and I was a fan of it, but eventually, it just... You get burned out on it. I know a lot of people like that. It's just... How many years has it been going on? Uh, 10? 12? uh, It is... Yeah, I think it's going on its 10th season, but they also spun off uh, Fear the Walking Dead, and then now they've got... World of the Walking Dead or something like that. And that's going to be on Shudder, dude. Oh, is that right? Yeah, in January. Really? Huh, wow. Yeah, so, you know, uh, they're, they're making a film out of it, so we can talk about that, but... Um, Maybe. I don't know. Zombies. Uh, I know a lot. I know, yeah, yeah. I know a lot of people like you that, you know, love the show in the beginning yeah. and are just burnt out on it. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's obviously still going on, so... Uh, Glenn Danzig released another picture of his movie, another bloody disgusting that com exclusive. I won't bore you too much with this. Not going to mention this movie every week, but I want to talk about it because Julian Sands is in the picture. Oh, nice. He's uh, apparently Count Holiday. I don't know. Oh. I love that actor in the uh, 90s Warlock films. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, okay, that's the the one I was in the yeah. early nineties, wasn't yep, it? Yep. Uh huh. I really like the Warlock films. I uh, love Julian Sands, so I thought I'd mention that. But uh, obviously, it's a, it's a still from his um, uh, Death Rider in the House of Vampires. I know uh, you just said you don't want to talk about it anymore, but what's the name of the movie? It's Death Rider in the House of Vampires. That's Glenn Danzig's upcoming movie. Uh, so um, I, I've been. Um, Communicating with our friend over at Straight Chillin' Podcast, uh, who was also a Glenn Danzig fan. He loves oh. his m- movies or music. Yeah. Wasn't a fan of his movie, but um, Bob would love to come on with us when we review Talk that. about that? Sure. I didn't know Bob was a Danzig fan. Big fan of his music. And he likes okay. the Misfits and everything. Oh, wow. wow. So, I did so not he, realize that. He, he was not a fan of the movie Veronica, but he is a fan of Glenn Danzig and he's like, <laughs> Hey man, when you guys review that, invite me on. I'm like, Oh, oh absolutely. You bet. I, <laughs> I was not aware of that. Uh, I thought I was the only Glenn Danzig fan around here, but, uh, nope. um, yeah, I actually got ripped a little on the, uh, Danzig, uh, on Danzig's own Instagram page. Uh, Defending Veronica yesterday, so you got uh, ripped. I did. I, I got, uh, Wait, hold on. Put put pause on the the, yeah, the news. Please yeah. explain this. Well, I you know I there was a they had posted a picture of um of a still from the movie and so up in the comments people were saying you know how they liked Veronica or whatever. So I thought I'd chime in on that and I just I made the comment that. Uh, 
you know, I liked Veronica and that it was, uh, I, I don't remember exactly what I said about it, but uh, guy just ripped me on it and, and uh, you know, used some not very nice language to uh, to describe me, first of all, and then, and then wrote a screed like, uh, I don't know, three or four paragraphs long about why Veronica sucked. Well, you know, uh, the, the post was about Death Rider in the House of Vampires, uh. and so I just didn't respond to it because the Danzig, uh, Danzig's moderators don't take very kindly to like debates like that and stuff. And I'm going to get kicked off the page, but, uh, and that might not even be up there anymore. I'm not sure, but, uh, <laughs> deleted. Yeah. They might've del- just deleted his comment, but, um, made me feel a little bad about myself. So I, <laughs> I don't know, but, uh, but anyway, also, that's interesting though. Man. That is very interesting. Sorry. So, so, you know, I, I think, you know, the, and these are hardcore Danzig fans who are talking about this. So, um, the guy did say he was a big fan of the comics. You know, I think my point was that if you're a fan of the comics, you're you're going to get this. Mm-hmm. And the guy said he was a fan of the comics and that I was an idiot for thinking that you you could only, you get it if you were a fan of the comics because he didn't enjoy it and he was a fan of the comics. So, I don't know. The source material, you might say. I love that word. <laughs> we're putting it into the Horror 4 Dictionary. Yeah, source yeah. material. Did those guys that's I've been listening to Straight Chilling for a while. I'm surprised they don't have that like on their soundboard, me saying me saying yeah, they might. Term. I don't know. <laughs> They, maybe they do by now, but anyway, uh, hosts, which we may or may not be talking about today, getting a Blu-ray li- release from RLJE on February second, twenty twenty-one. That's Good. not very far away, actually, no. right? Uh-uh. Uh, Bloody disgusting covered this. Uh, Blu-ray contains behind the scenes of host. Bloody disgusting presents the Boo Crew podcast host episode. So it's got the episode from the Boo Crew podcast. Maybe you've heard that one. It's pretty good. Uh, and a séance with the cast of hosts and the crew of Slash Film. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I'll just watch it on Shutter because I'm not a physical media guy. Yeah. Uh, Resident Evil's wrapped. Uh, Sony tweeted that out. Uh, film is set in Raccoon City in 1998. Feels, uh, features uh, Kaya Skull... Scodelario as Claire Redfield, Hannah John Camden as Jill Valentine, Robbie ML as Chris Redfield, uh, releasing theatrically in 2021. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm excited about this one. This is uh, what, you know what, I've, when was I, that again? I'm sorry, uh, in 2021. Oh, they didn't really give a date. They didn't give a, a month or anything like that. But uh, it's yeah. releasing in theatrically in 2021. Uh, it's you know follows along the lines of the uh, video game a lot more. Well, it goes a bit beyond zombies game. too because if you've ever mm-hmm. played the game, I mean, it goes beyond that. Oh yeah, there's <laughs> other monsters in there. There is, and I'm actually very very excited for that one. Yeah, I'm really interested to see those green things whatever they were yeah it's like weird frogs the liquors things yeah the liquor things and then there's giant spiders and there was there was a bunch of stuff in there that was so it'll be interesting to see what they do with that i'm i'm uh you know i liked the original uh resident evil movies but that was kind of missing from it and i expected to see that i was a little bit disappointed about that so i'm i'm pretty excited about this because well, i was a huge fan of video like game. millions upon millions of dollars to like get these made and they mm-hmm. made twice the what oh, yeah. they were made for well they were good movies i mean they, they no were fine about, but yeah. again if you're if you're uh i guess a resident evil purist you're just like well that had nothing to do with the classic exactly games. and that's kind of what i felt when i when those originally came out i'm like well i was good but where's chris redfield and joe valentine you know <laughs> leon kennedy's not gonna be in it i don't know i i didn't see anybody uh playing leon kennedy but uh, oh, okay Who's that blonde guy? Remember him? He was like a he, tr- he double crosses you. 
in the first. Oh, he Wesker. First yeah, yeah, him. He uh, was in. He was in Wexler, the movies that Wex, Paul W. S. Anderson. Yeah, yeah Wesker. Wesker. Was, that's it. Yeah. yeah, he was. Okay. He was in. Uh, in those movies. Oh, with, was he uh, in those? Milo okay. Jovovich. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's kind of kind of interested to see this one. All right. Is that it? I think that's it for horror movie news this week. Yes. All right. We are not doing any kind of trivia because we are running down the top five horror movies of 2020 and our opinions. Like I said at the top of the podcast, uh, light spoiler alert, just some of the movies that we've already reviewed. We may reveal some things if you haven't seen any of these. We'll give you kind of a heads up, but, you know, just uh, you, you've listened. So here you go. Uh, okay, so we are going to stop with our top five of 2020. Are you ready to go, Andy? I think so. How do you want to do this? You, you do your number five, I do my number five, and we go down the list that way or what? I'm fine with that. All right. So tell me what your number five is. My number five movie of 2020 is a, a movie that we did about a month ago. Uh, speaking of Bob from Straight Chillin' Podcast, we had him on as a special guest. Um, a different spin on a zombie movie called Blood Quantum. Mm-hmm. Um, I really love the storyline behind this. Uh, some of the some of the acting was a little subpar, but I think the dialogue was really good. Um, the gore hit. The story itself was fantastic. Um, you know, it's indigenous people, I believe, in Canada, and it just uh, the build of this movie was so good, and it, it hit me. It hit all of my excitement buttons when it comes to a horror movie because it did have everything i found myself as i've grown and and doing this podcast that i like a solid storyline i.e like um hereditary or midsummer or or even a movie like train to busan which i know you haven't seen yet but it hits you just kind of right and you feel it um there wasn't that i mean like i said the acting would just if there were better actors and not to say that they did a poor job, it just wasn't, it didn't, I didn't feel it, but I felt the overall story and the arcs of the characters. And I really liked the characters. Okay. Um, and I, and I, so the dialogue was great. I, I love some of the lines of this movie. Mm-hmm. I, I, it really, really was awesome. Um, and, and I'm going to try not to let my dislike of zombie movies again cloud my opinion here, but I, I think there were a lot better movies that came out this year. I, th- I thought this was solidly mediocre. Mm. I thought it was okay. Understandable. Um, and there was some good gore in this movie. Like, there should be in a zombie movie. What's the point of a zombie movie? You don't have good gore. But I, I just thought that... Um, that there were there were better choices that uh, that uh, could have made it into the top five. Blood Quantum. I'd say Blood Quantum was somewhere in the middle of the movies that I that and, I. Liked. And I'll be perfectly honest with you. It, there's not a lot to chew on in this movie or or to think about. But I think the way I feel about the movie, where I really got a lot of enjoyment out of it, mm-hmm. it could have been an honorable mention to be honest. But I just, you know, I, I was kind of tossing around in my brain, and I said, yeah, you know, this is one that I had a lot of fun with. So like, like my number five and four can be kind of intertwined with honorable mentions because there wasn't a lot to, to go off of, you know, there wasn't a lot of big blockbusters. Right. I would say, say if you really want to get down to the nuts, you got about 25 movies that you're really picking from here in 2020. That's exactly right. (laughs) So yeah, I, I get that. Um, 
I, I, and, and there was kind of a message in this movie, like there usually is in in a zombie movie. They always put a message in the movie, you know. And it wasn't, it didn't slap you in your face either, you know. It really wasn't like this, uh, this big lesson or you know some kind of um, sanctimonious preaching to you or anything like that. So I like that about it too. I mean, there's a lot to like in Blood Quantum. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I just think there are are a lot better movies that you could you could pick to put in the in the top five. And, and I wasn't sure that this one really belonged in there um like my number five what is your number five andy uh vivarium so maybe it's because you know being stuck in a planned community raising some strange awful child would be a special hell for me Mm -hmm. but uh (laughs) you know this movie is pretty different and good i I really like jesse eisenberg as an as an actor he's totally i think transcended being typecast in comedies with some of his recent choices you know like uh that facebook movie and stuff oh yeah um i i think he's he's a really good actor and he does um does a really good job in this movie this does surrealism real well i think and with how 2020 has been kind of like a nightmare i think this is a good movie that's relatable without being some kind of pandemic movie you know there's this like kind of analogy to what we're going through in 2020 in this movie right but it's not a movie about a virus and a movie about a pandemic you know but these people are trapped in this house with with this awful child you know and i think for some of us who i I know a lot of people actually who really had a, di- a difficult time being stuck with their family of course oh yeah of course my my wife was wonderful the whole time <laughs> i loved being uh you know with her but uh <laughs> stuck with her in, in the house the whole time but nah, actually we got out of the house so that's that probably helped us but and don't uh, dig yourself in a uh, hole yeah i'm trying not to but <laughs> no my, my my wife is wonderful don't get me wrong uh but you know there's a lot of people that are stuck with their family mm-hmm. they can't stand their family and i actually do know at least two people who are getting divorced because I think directly because they were stuck in this house like this and this is kind of what this is about it's being stuck with a and now it isn't a family member this is like I don't want to spoil the movie but they're in this house with this child that isn't theirs and they have to raise it you know Mm -hmm. and uh I thought it was just a really great analogy to the uh to the uh pandemic without being about a pandemic which i really i don't really want to watch a movie about a virus or a disease or anything like that right no now. we got to get our brains away from that. so yeah it's not about pandemic or lockdown or anything like that but it's it's like this you know oppressive force forcing you to be in your home and it just just a great analogy and and uh i, I really liked liked the way they uh, put this this movie together i think it's really great well, I'm looking forward to reviewing it. Yeah. Number four. Mm-hmm. Number four, 2020 for me was um, Color Out of Space. Okay. And again, my four and five could have been intertwined with my honorable mentions because there were, well, I mean, my top two honorable mentions. But, you know, and I think we'll talk about it later eventually, but I think the the, the cinematography on this was gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um you know, the fact that it was a H.P. Lovecraft story and it didn't really like kick you in the ding ding with it. <laughs> right. But it's just, you know, and the acting. Talk about the acting in a movie. This was so good. And Nicolas Cage went up to 11 in this movie, <laughs> even brought back some of his his classic voices that he had in Vampire's Kiss. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I thought the story of the family was fantastic in the way it kind of arc, arced into um, you know the, this this entity taking them over, and 
and you know just everything intertwining together was a lot of fun to watch and and i have to admit watching it at your place seriously <laughs> with with the surround sound the big screen the light thing just made me really it still stands out in my mind some of those beautiful uh, the shots that they did and just where they were at in in the eastern seaboard of of what was it it was like uh, supposed Massachusetts. to be Massachusetts, right? Yeah, like during summertime where it's just beautiful and gorgeous and mm-hmm. green like it would be around here in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I got a, a lot of enjoyment out of this movie. I felt that it was a solid watch. And, you know, I, I'm actually looking forward to watching it again. I didn't put this in my top five, but it's it's definitely one of the better movies of 2020, I think. Mm-hmm. There's, um, there's a lot to like here. You know, the cinematography being one of those things, the use of color in this is... Oh, yeah really masterfully done like you know the the original story uh calls this like a an undescribable color or whatever and they use like a magenta for it yeah and it's almost like it is like a uh almost like a magical type color the way they light it or the way i don't know what they're doing with the color in this movie but it it really is uh striking as far as that goes and um i think like the use of just the use of uh, 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 of the cinematography and, and the way, like, when he comes out of that basement or whatever, everything's white. Yeah, and I was going to mention that. The contrast between what you yeah. saw in the first 90% of the movie to what you saw at the very end it was just like... That was brilliant. That was right. a, that was a great decision right there. It really was. It was really fantastic, like, how, how that came off um i thought all the actors did a really good job the uh, guy who played the water uh scientist or water uh, uh hydrologist hydrologist yeah uh i thought he did a, a, a really good job mm-hmm. um nick cage is nick cage in this movie i mean if you he don't like him <laughs> if you don't like him you're not gonna like what he did in this movie I mean, not at all he's nick cage and uh you know i i, I really did like the homage to uh, vampire's kiss and, and i like that the director here is a fan of that movie uh it's one of my favorite nick cage's movies and again very polarizing i mean if you either hate that movie or you love it yeah and, well <laughs> and, and i love the fact that nick cage wasn't too big for his britches to bring that back yeah no he could have said no man i'm not doing it i did it in another movie right. but that that was fantastic that's okay kind of, that to me was like the cherry on top where it says oh boy here we go <laughs> uh what's your number four Andy? my number four is the hunt now oh yeah i really like this movie the more i thought about it mm-hmm. it was slated for a 2019 release and it got caught up in some kind of stupid politics uh which all politics are <laughs> and it got made out to be some kind of liberal fantasy movie or something and that just isn't fair to this movie uh it wasn't the case the movie i thought did a great job of showing the hypocrisy and idiocy on both sides of uh, you know the political Without spectrum. Question. Uh, I, I, and I'm, and, you know, I'm very highly annoyed by like movies with this sanctimonious message. This movie's message wasn't poorly done, and it wasn't pompous or insulting to the audience. I didn't think uh, neither side that you're on. You know, I, I really, and I think both, we're kind of on opposite ends of the spectrum. Not, you know, neither of us are way over here, way over here. Whoa, did I just hit that microphone? You did. <laughs> I wonder how that sounded. That sounded awesome. <laughs> With, you know, you're, you're not way over here on the left, and I'm not way over here on the right, but, you know, we're, we're 
from different we have different ideas on things and and i don't think it was offensive to either of our ideologies you know um it it showed it showed some of the stupid things that both people both sides do and uh you know it uh it, i thought it was pretty clever too in some ways uh then the final fight between betty gilpin and hillary swank that was awesome i love fantastic that. i love that fight so that that was my number four movie well here here's the thing andy and i don't mean to knock it because i had a lot of fun with this movie i thought mm-hmm. it was so much fun but the more I think about it is I got a lot of enjoyment out of it, but I would put it in the section where Rambo's at. Okay. And the reason why is because it felt more like an action movie because I did watch it again Mm -hmm. and it's just, you know, it's a cat and mouse game. You know, there's no real true kind of, um, horror element to it. I can see that. It's gory. But but so is Predator, so is uh, mm-hmm. so is Rambo, so is this, <laughs> and it felt the second time I watched it, it felt more like that, more like an action movie. Yeah, <laughs> it, it did, and I, I'm not disagreeing with you that that you should put it at your number four because it was a good movie. I had mm-hmm. a lot of fun with it. I don't. I think they poked fun. It was a social commentary of like, the, you know, if you're far to the right or you're far to the left, you're being very, you know. Um, just why? Why are you leaning so much right. this way? You know? you know, or why? You know, and it was just like the cliches of somebody that's far on the far right is like this, and somebody on the left is like this, and it's just like I think mo- a majority of us more lean more conservative, lean more uh, uh, liberal, but we get along right and we're not that far away from each other really I mean, no we're it, not it, I mean, and, and it, yeah I, I loved how it kind of made a joke about this the like ridiculous things that each side thinks you know they actually had like a uh, you know a crisis actor in there yeah, exactly. that's hilarious right. you know yeah. and, I, and I'm you know kind of more on the right side so I, I, I thought that was really funny they're like oh that guy's actually a crisis actor. yeah I thought it was I thought it was very funny very entertaining but yeah. I guess the more I just thought about it, it just it and, uh, more of an no. I see your I, I totally see your point there. Um, I, I think you know the gore and stuff is maybe what uh, they tried to categorize it as a as a horror movie because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I I can see totally what you're saying. And I think there's there's a little bit of. Um, I don't know, you know, the, the beginning when they get kidnapped or whatever, there's this is kind of uh, there's a there's a bunch of horror movies that start out with like people waking up in a box or whatever. And so I, I think it's got definitely some horror elements to it. And yeah. I'm a, I would keep it in my as my number four um, without it, without question. But, and again, like but, I said, I don't disagree with that. I just in my opinion, I just found it more actiony i guess if that's a word that's totally totally legitimate i i i i I get what you're saying there all right number three i think we're gonna start matching up here or at least be with within close proximity with Mm -hmm. each other my number three movie of 2020 is the invisible man okay uh this movie was the last i guess horror blockbuster to be released um, you know, we were expecting so many other movies this year, Candyman and, and Halloween, Quiet Place 2 yeah. and Halloween. Yep. Um, but what Lee Winnell did with a Blumhouse budget and the acting that Elizabeth Moss did, mm-hmm. um, the scares, the the. You know, just the way everything's set up so perfectly. I love the fact that they incorporated technology into this because it was those mm-hmm. cameras, those mirror yeah. cameras that made you invisible. So it mm-hmm. was plausible. 
Yeah. It was absolutely mm-hmm. plausible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, the, the, the antagonist, the, the abusive boyfriend, I mean, the, the commentary on being in an abusive relationship and, you know, how paranoid and afraid she was and, and just the way everything got manipulated around her. And it was like one of the most satisfying endings you'll ever watch in any movie because you feel you feel what she's going through. Mm hmm. You know, why any man or any woman would do this to their significant other is beyond me. All right. But it was, I, I mean, there was a little levity in it, but it was a really good horror movie and a mm-hmm. great spin on a universal monster, The Invisible Man. Yeah. I, this, so this is my favorite movie of 2020. This is my number one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, and, let's, and, let's talk more about it. You know, the, the relationship between Celia and Adrian Griffin with the characters in this movie yeah. is a horror movie in itself, like you said. You know, uh-huh. this is this is a terrifying type of relationship to be in. And I think, you know, and a lot of people can kind of relate to that on some level. Uh, I've certainly never had a uh, manipulative um and an awful partner like the exactly like this but there's you know i've i've had uh shades of that in in some of my relationships and it's scary no matter you know it's it's a terrifying relation kind of relationship to be in it uh like that uh the acting elizabeth moss did in this movie is tremendous yeah and there is there's just this feeling of suspense and tension throughout the entire movie you know and it's there's great uh scare some good jumps jump uh scares i loved it um the opening credits were literally what we judged all all other opening credits on That's this exactly year, you know, right. I mean, they that were, was exactly right. Yep. <laughs> they, were, they were great. You know, it sets up a sequel. Uh, I'm sure not. I'm not sure that's really going to hit. Uh, I don't know how you can, you know, pull this off again. No. Uh, and then there's a, you know, Invisible Woman movie coming out as, as well with, I think, Elizabeth Banks. Yeah, actually. the other Elizabeth. Um, but I'll definitely see those because this was just this was. Um, this is obviously my favorite movie of 2020. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it came out before any of this stuff had had a chance to be in the theater and it, it was performing very well in the theater when theaters closed this year. So uh, for good reason, I, th- I think it's a great movie and, and it is my favorite movie of 2020. Fantastic. So what is your number three then? My number three is Hunter Hunter. I don't know if you've seen this one. I've, I've just, heard of it. Know. I know nothing about it. Yeah. So uh, very well done horror thriller by writer director Sean Linden. The ending will shock you. It even shocked me a little. Really? Um, and uh, oh yeah, it's uh, you know it, it, it's very well done. Uh, Devin Sawa is in this obviously. Okay. Uh, and. Uh, I think all the actors really, really did uh, a good job in this. I think it it had something really interesting to say about killing in regard to like killing for sustenance and killing out of necessity. And then someone who just kills for the thrill of it, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and like is a sadistic monster as opposed to someone who kills out of necessity for, you know, uh, for to, you know, to provide sustenance and, and, uh, support themselves, you know, um, so it's really tense, suspenseful, very shocking. I think you're going to love it. And I'm looking forward to reviewing it in March. So, yeah, I put it on the schedule for March. Well, so. Sounds awesome, man. Good mm-hmm. pick. Uh, my number two of 2020 is one we have not reviewed, but we will eventually uh, from Shudder. It's called Anything from Jackson. OK, uh, I actually got really intrigued by it because Straight Chillin reviewed it uh, just a couple weeks ago. 
Um, there are problems with this movie, but the overall story, and I'm not going to spoil anything. Right. Uh, it's about an el- elderly couple that had lost their or lost their grandson in a car accident. Their mother was put in a wheelchair. She committed suicide. So they turned to be, they be, became a part of a satanic cult to try to bring their grandson back. Uh, they end up uh, um, kidnapping a pregnant woman. And trying to do some sort of ritual to have, you know, uh, the the boy's name is Jackson, mm-hmm. hence the title, um, become the baby so they can have their grandchild back. There's so many, like, disturbing elements to this movie. Um, there's a lot of great jump scares. I mean, it's just, and they're well done. There are problems with this movie. You know, some of the acting, some of the dialogue is, is kind of, eh. Whatever, but the overall story is good. Uh, it, it's got such an ambiguous ending. You kind of go, well, it could go this way or it could be this. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's you know, it's set in a winter setting and it's real. Um, man, some of the gore in it's really good. I, I will spoil one of them. Guy puts his head into a snowblower. I saw that in the trailer. Okay. <laughs> I didn't see the actual gore, but I, I did see someone who was about to stick their head into a yeah, snowblower. Yeah, and it shoots all over the house. That so. that would be uh, Just, pretty gory, yes. Yeah, some of the people like start turning and becoming, you know, it, they don't realize what they're doing. And they've got this guy in here that's apparently a, you know, like a master of, of become a, or being a part of the satanic cult Mm -hmm. and well this is what you need to do and it's yeah it's got some really good kills in it it's got a good storyline some of this acting's okay but overall it's it's such a fun it's some sometimes hard to watch yeah Uh, so i haven't i haven't seen anything for jackson but i I have seen the trailer looks amazing yeah and we're definitely gonna have to uh, uh, review this thing this year uh any trailer that you know has hail Satan over and over in it like it does, I, that's I'm on that man. And they do. They have the rituals down in the basement of the local library. I love it. I mean, I love movies where like some sort of grief or tragedy makes people do like these unspeakable things. You know, uh, it's like you know the devil does get the upper hand by breaking your faith and causing you to do something evil because of the terrible things that happen to you. So I think it's kind of like an interesting thing to explore. Like. It's kind of like what they did in Star Wars 1 to 3, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, Darth Vader, how when you allow bad things to happen and consume you. I I love that idea in the story. But I think that like with the story of of these grandparents is that they're just normal people. They're grieving because they lost their daughter. They're they're not they're not trying to do this to, you know, become evil. They're trying to do this. That's it. They're they're struggling with grief. That's that's, it. You know, hard. That's it. And, And I love that idea you know and exploring that idea where you aren't an evil person but this awful thing has happened to you correct and to correct it or to find some way to get out of your grief you become like kind of a monster and do some terrible things you know you I do think terrible it's really things without even thinking about the consequences yeah, it, it's I, I like really a kid that goes out and, and does something you know that, something that that you wouldn't like go Put poop in a bag and light it on fire. You're doing it because it's funny, yeah. but you're not doing it because you're evil. No, you're right, doing exactly. It because, yeah, and, and exactly. No, and I think that's kind of like you know Darth Vader or whatever, where he had these had these things happen and he just consumed him in, into evil. And it, it's really kind of a cool concept for uh, for you know a villain in a movie. And and so I'm very very interested to explore that in this. I think you'll have some fun with it. Hey, yeah. So Andy, what's your number two? My number two. I think I'm going to steal your thunder here. Um, it's host. Do you want me to talk about it now, or should we? 
wait. Well, let's get into the discussion. It's fine. <laughs> okay. So I've changed my tune on host. I, I think I had some negative things to say about it back when we reviewed it. Right. I don't remember what I what I gave it. Uh, this again. This is a very 2020 movie. I didn't drag you through things you don't want to see other than having to look at the Zoom interface for 45 minutes. <laughs> I mean, there were some real scares here. Some clever things done with Zoom for this flick. I, I really like that. Uh, and I'll admit I enjoyed it. I mean, I think I I was trying to be too critical. I was trying to be a critic or something when I when I was watching this. Didn't go into it open with an open mind. Um, I, I I don't know. I I, I I think I said that I, I enjoy. I think I did say that I enjoyed it, but it, that I think my rip on it was that it didn't really do anything new or different. And you know the iPhone didn't do anything different either, but it, it did it better, and it was really pretty awesome. And that's I think what this movie does. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, that face thing, the the fa- face filter, yeah, that was pretty great, and that I was, thought that was very original and mm-hmm. creepy as hell. Yeah, it was. You know, you know that filters only work in a face. There's this face in the. I mean, that's great. Right in the middle of the living room. Yeah, that was that was that was really fantastic. I think this is one of the best movies of 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, only Only Invisible Man is better than it, I think. Um, and I like I said, I don't remember what I gave this. Maybe I gave it two and a half or something like that. But this is a three or three and a half star movie. Uh, it's, uh, you know, maybe it was just too 2020 for me. And I, and I was uh, burnt out on Zoom at the time or something. I don't, <laughs> I don't blame you. I, I thought it was very creative. I Like for me, it was, uh, I, I, and we brought this up when we were reviewing it, is the fact that you felt that these, these individuals were good friends. Mm-hmm. That it didn't feel like, you know, just the, the, the director saying, okay, well, you guys just pretend you're friends. They felt genuinely no, they like did. that. Yeah, they definitely did. Um, you know, they had some fun with each other. It, it, it did the trope of any other found footage or, or, or uh, what you, tech, tech, tech horror where mm-hmm. it's kind of that slow build of like it's getting more and more aggressive or whatever. Right. Um, it did the same thing, but it did it effectively. Um, is this is this thing going to be a classic ever? No, but I think this is going to be a, a benchmark of what we went through in 2020, maybe a little beyond, you know, until we can get this thing figured out. But I think it's going to be a benchmark for horror that you're not that you'll remember. I mean, it's not going to be on your top 10 list ever. I don't know. But, you but know, I don't think I don't think it, it's a forgettable movie. I it's think not a forgettable movie. And you know what? I don't I don't I would almost disagree with you. This movie is so 2020 and such a picture of what we're dealing with in 2020 that it might be a classic. Well, it could I mean, be. you I, might like look back on this and be like, this movie is 2020. This is the horror movie of 2020. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and it very well could be. My feeling right now is because we're in the thick of it. Yeah. I don't feel that way. I feel that you're not going to forget this movie. Mm-hmm. I feel that you're, you know, being my number one, it's just, I, I watched it multiple times even before we reviewed it. Mm-hmm. And it was like, to me, it was like, it was worth the hype. I mean, it's got a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I know, I, I know, we're not going based off of that, but I thought it was that good. I thought this yeah. movie would just. What else could you do with the Zoom movie? Right. What? How else could you make it more effective? They, I mean, they, they really did some. Scene, gr- they, they really did some great things with Zoom in this movie. You know, right. I mean, if you know the uh, software and you know the interface and stuff, which I think many of us know more than we really want to know about Zoom these days, it, they really did a, a cool thing and and. You know, I, I loved the runtime of the movie that it's the, you know, the, it, it's the the length of a free Zoom call. That's, but that's, that's, you know, and it's funny you bring that up because I was chatting with my folks and my brothers and we're yeah. all throughout the country 
and we had 56 minutes to get it done. <laughs> right, right. And we're like, uh, my brother, because he hosted it. He's like, oh, hey, guys, we're on 54 minutes. Uh, we got to start heading off. And we're like, oh, love you guys. Merry Christmas, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And it's funny. And it, like right after I got off that call, I thought about host. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I loved it. I, I, I did think it was a good movie and especially in thinking more about it and not being such a cynical critic about it it, it, it was it was darn good uh sarah actually kind of got on my case about the way i talked about that movie because uh she loved it too you know and and uh yeah she she really had a good time with it so. well I, and the, the thing is andy it's not it's not that you have to chew on a lot it's not like it's like you know you need to get some in-depth thinking like midsummer or something like that but no. <laughs> you know when you when you think about it more you're like you know what i did get some enjoyment right. out of that no it was it was cool I, I really liked what they did with the background you know where that girl was just walking to her dresser or whatever the the whole zoom backgrounds thing that was really cool so for sure no i i it, it's a it's a darn good movie and and deserves to be in the top five of 2020 for sure yeah that was my number one and andy's number one invisible man and we did cover that which by the way is a great pick i was, was that your kind of, number two huh was that your number two invisible I, man no anything for jackson my number oh two you're okay is your number two all right gotcha all right well i'm gonna let you kick off honor, you honorable have, mentions you didn't have invisible man in your top five at all I did. I put him at number three. Oh, it was at number three. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Oh, that's right. All right. Sorry. I need it, to it was pay more the only here. reason why I put anything for Jackson because it was fresher in my mind, and I was just yeah. like, "Ooh, that was that was good." I would uh, say if I'm going to give an honorable mention, it'd probably be uh, I think I had Color Out of Space was one of was one of mine. Otherwise, uh, I think we kind of covered some of them. So. Okay. Anything else you had? I see. Well, you I, have I have my that's worst. That's. Oh, do we want to <laughs> we'll go into to the, that? We'll get to that. I mean, what do you have for honorable mentions? Uh, VFW. It's that, a, that's a really good movie. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's a what was it? Uh, bloody disgusting or mm-hmm. some, something? Maybe. Um, yeah, it was one of those magazines. It was. I think it's uh, Cinescape, isn't it? No. It's a Cinescape movie. Uh, that one out of Texas that the guy. Oh yeah, yeah. Out. That's right. That's right. It was. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was. Oh my god! I wonder. Um, I wonder actually what what happened to that. But uh. yeah, quick synopsis is it's a group of like five veterans from Vietnam, I believe. Or no, 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 no. Actually, from um, they were talking about no, it was Vietnam, and they're in their VFW. There's this uh, gang of people that have this drug that turns them into kind of zombie bloodthirsty they're not zombies but they're just like you know the, the drug makes them manic um so they have to protect their vfw and it's it's bloody it's fun um the characters are great i love that one um loose the flower of evil to me that was a, it's a spanish film it's a religious cult out in the forest in in mexico uh another hard one to watch this is a, what, a Colombian film? Uh, yeah, Colombian. Yeah, this looked really interesting. I, I don't know a whole lot about it, but... It, it was good, man. There was a lot of tough scenes to watch. It was, and I'm uh, sorry, Cinestate is the name of the production company of VFW, which uh, got embroiled in a, like a massive sexual you know, harassment, oh, yeah. or sexual assault scandal, yeah, actually. Yeah, they, they so. shut down. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think they are anything anymore. That was... Uh, like Fangoria was kind of a part of that and all that. And yeah, I'm not really sure whatever happened with that story because I never saw an update on it, but we did cover that when it first happened. We did. Yeah. It, um, yeah, it was a Fangoria presentation. Yeah. So, yeah. So, but loose, yeah, that loose, uh, that really did look 
pretty cool. I, I saw uh, parts of that and uh, and read about it a little bit, but I haven't seen that movie. Yeah, it has to do with heaven and the devil. Um, it was interesting because they didn't really give you a timestamp of when they're doing this, but um, you know this this religious cult is farmers, so they don't have any technology. They they have to bathe in a clean uh, like river. Mm-hmm. Um, they raise their own chickens and and goats and stuff like that for libations. Um, yeah, it's about heaven and hell and the devil and God and <laughs> it's uh it's interesting. It it kind of I thought the cinematography on of it on it reminded me a lot of uh, Midsummer because okay. a lot of the stuff happened in the day. There was things that happened at night, but during the day that's when like weird things would happen. Cool. So I, it took that kind of idea. My last honorable mention uh, is a tie. Gags the clown. I know it okay. came out last year, but we reviewed it this past year. Yeah. To me, that was a lot of fun with the found footage mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Uncle Peckerhead. Okay, and I haven't I haven't seen that one. It's gory. Uh, it's dumb, but it's a fun watch. It has punk music in it. They make fun of metalheads. Mm. Uh, the music's actually really good. Oh, I love punk music. I've, and it, I've been and a it's fan got of kind that. of a nice. It's got a nice little twist at the end of it. So yeah, yeah. Uncle Peckerhead's the bad guy, but. It, uh, with with a caveat, <laughs> and, and it, I, I we may review it. So, you want to talk about some movies to avoid? Oh yeah, let's do it. Why don't you kick <laughs> us off, Andy? I actually have a bottom five. If I, I believe here, I think I have five movies. I see oh, four see, one, on two, there. Three, maybe it's uh, four. But uh, what? Why don't we so, just run through them? Yeah, I, 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 I think I think they're kind of. Let's see. Yeah, I guess, I guess I got him in 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 order here. Uh, you should have left. Is is I don't think a very good movie. No. Uh, it's fairly boring, pointless. Mm-hmm. I thought mm-hmm. that that scene with the shop owner is really the highlight, yeah. and it was just not really scary. It was one of those movies where when you think about it later, there's all these questions that kind of wreck the movie and you wonder what the point of it was, you know? I didn't find anything, especially... It it seemed like something was going to happen the whole movie Mm -hmm. and the ending was just anticlimactic. Yeah, and the acting was so bad in it. It kind of was, you know? It it was definitely not Kevin Bacon's best work and and he's had some great horror movies, you know? Mm -hmm. I I love Stir of Echoes. It's one of my my favorite movies from uh, the late 90s there, so... Um, yeah, this this just did not hit the mark, and and it uh, it seemed like something really cool was gonna have. It seemed like it was gonna be a really cool movie. Uh, it, the setting was amazing, like mm-hmm. the house that it was in was really cool. Yep. Um, I loved the uh, cinematography of the you know the Scottish Highlands or wherever they were. Um, that was really cool about it, but there was just, it was just kind of squandered on a you know, plot that didn't go anywhere and wasn't cohesive. Didn't really happen. Nothing really happened. You know. No, no I, I agree with that. That's it. That's in my dishonorable mention. It's not yeah. even worth the watch. I mean, it's just you could find better haunted house movies. I, I totally agree. Yeah, it just you know there was some real potential there and some really cool things about it, but it just never hit the mark. So. Yeah. Um, Fantasy Island would be my next. Uh, did you watch it? I did. I didn't watch it. <laughs> so I used to watch the original TV series. The Playing Ball. Yeah, and, and I think it was on like on ABC in the in the eighties, and uh, yeah. I was like very disappointed by this. I'm not a real stickler about canon in shows and something like this. I, I mean, I like Dax Shepard's Chips. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Chips was one of my favorite shows when I was a kid. It was it was like Knight Rider, Dukes of Hazard, and Chips, mm-hmm. and, and I like the Dukes of Hazard movie too. So it's not like I'm you know you, I'm one of these you ruined my childhood whiners or something like that. Right. Uh, 
you know, it just wasn't very good. I mean, we, we, you and I tend to kind of worship Blumhouse here. We're big fan boys for sure, right? Oh, yeah, most of them. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the model Jason Blum has created for movies is, uh, you know, that's certain, certainly been proven to be smart in this era. Uh, he's been able to continue producing these small, really good movies since there aren't a ton of people on the set and it doesn't create a lot of risk with the coronavirus. But, uh, here's proof that everything Blumhouse makes isn't gold. That's for sure. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it just isn't great. Script's a mess. The characters are uninteresting. The premise is a, like a twist on the the old uh, show. That It's a twist on the old show that just isn't done all that great. And I think there's some kind of lesson or something we're supposed to learn here about wishes, uh, which the Wishmaster series did way better 20 years ago. <laughs> Uh, there's an episode of the X-Files with this, some genie that does this a lot better in like 42 minutes. But uh, then, you know, Hervé Villachez, Ricardo Montalban are dead. So you can't even have a give them a half star for good cameos. Um, and I guess I did kind of like this allusion to the original TV show at the end. At the end, the like kind of sets up who Tattoo is and stuff uh, with Jimmy O. Yang. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe like if there is a sequel now... Just to, to prove how good the Blumhouse model is, this thing cost you know four point two million or something to make, mm-hmm. and it made fourteen million dollars. Oh my gosh! So, you know, I don't know. Uh, this is one of the worst of twenty twenty for sure, and uh, it, it's it's uh, it, it still made money. So there could be a sequel, and maybe a sequel would be okay because they've set some interesting things up. I think to uh, to make a sequel of it, but it just it it just wasn't all that good. Gotcha. Um, one of my, <laughs> I think we're going to fight here in a little bit. Uh, okay. My, one of my dishonorable mentions was Satanic Panic. Okay. Yeah. I, I know. I know we had some fun with that movie, but why? I mean, you could watch yeah. so many other better movies. If you're looking for a horror comedy, Satanic cult movie, I can't think of one off the top of my head, but this ain't worth it. No, it really wasn't. It, it you know, it, I was kind of encouraged when the uh, Jason Bateman cameo appeared, but he was in it for like you know three minutes or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, you know, Rebecca Romaine is a really interesting uh, actress. I, I I like her. Um, and uh, it just, Jerry O'Connell. Jerry, uh, Jerry O'Connell. That's who I'm thinking of, not just Jason Bateman. Not yeah, where he dumb. played a total jerk face. Yeah, he was a total jerk face. Jerry O'Connell, that's who I'm thinking of. Why did yeah. I say Jason Bateman? I, I don't mean know. That. I don't know. Anyway, that's Rebecca Romaine's husband. Yeah. Right? Um, but uh, anyway, it, it, yeah, it just it didn't really hit it for me. And I think the thing that bothered me is anytime there was a dialogue between the cult and Rebecca Romaine's character, and it's mostly forgettable. Is and, and it was just dumb. I mean, it, it, was just like, it was, you know. Hey, why are you doing this? I want to take over the call. You're like, dude. I mean, God, I hate to I hate to crap on this movie, but the more I the, the more I think about it, the more forgettable it is. If you know what I mean. That's that, absolutely the way I felt about it too. Like right after I watched it, I was like, eh, that was okay, yeah. you know. But then uh, in preparing, you know, for the podcast we did on I was like you know what that wasn't very good that wasn't very good that wasn't very good yeah. so it, it it was another one of these that kind of didn't go anywhere and was pretty anticlimactic at the end exactly well you uh you got two more so you want to get yours out and then I'll sure. let you know my my most dishonorable mentioned movie of the year 
Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know what I was. Gonna, I thought I was going to get out of this movie. I reported on it a bunch this year. Yes, you did. And I should disclose that I own stock in the STX company that made this movie. But <laughs> I see why the stock has been performing poorly lately with stuff like this. Brahms the Boy Two. Okay, I'm going to preface it by saying you love the first movie. I did. I really liked the first movie. Um, and and uh, it was fine. It wasn't my new favorite movie of of the sure. year or anything. I. Remember, it came out in 2017 or something, but mm-hmm. um, I can forgive a lot in movies. I can, obviously, I can forgive bad effects. Mm-hmm. I really can give forgive bad effects. I get it. Like, that's that's hard. They're expensive. And, you know, sometimes we just have to use our imagination. Some of these cheaper movies, you know, I can forgive bad acting. I can forgive plot holes. I'm pretty generous, you know. Mm-hmm. But one thing I cannot forgive is a film that bores me, you know, and this was boring. I was looking at the clock the whole time waiting for something to happen. It was like 86 minutes long and it felt like a three hour movie. Oh, geez. It was super boring. Nothing happened. There was nothing scary about it. And, you know, I, I, I remember like reporting on this thing. I was like, Problems of Boy 2 is coming out because it was sometimes it was the only uh, the only news we had. Yeah, so, that's true. That's true. <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, you know, it just it just wasn't a, a good movie. It was w- definitely one of the worst of 2020. Gotcha. And you got one more. And then <laughs> I kind of love this that you actually oh, watched it because yeah. we. We had it set up pretty much the entire year, starting in, I think, February, oh, yeah. and we kept pushing this one back. Yes. And we never got to it, but you said the worst on your list is... Oh, yeah. You know, this travesty, we mercifully kept procrastinating about this the, the entire year. You know, and, and honestly, this is unfair. The Boy 2 and Fantasy Island are probably worse than this. The Boy, I'd say, definitely was. Um this is the 2020 grudge that I'm talking about. Okay. <laughs> this I think takes the cake. I think because it was such a huge disappointment. It had a huge lead up. It has a $14 million budget. Jeez. Okay. And it's three times some of the best movies of 2020. Uh, you know, we, and we, there was a great cast, totally squandered Lynn Shay and, you know, um, John Cho. Yeah. The great, great cast. Their talents are just wasted here. And there's some okay things in this movie. Like there's some jump scares that you expect and there's some uh, actually good practical gore in this film mm-hmm. um, the original has this like tone and mood I, I love the original grudge actually it, it's it's a great movie I think and there's none of that here it, it just the script was bad it what it, it didn't do anything new it was just not not good and you know maybe the Brahms the boy too and fantasy island were maybe on the whole a worse movie but really you know, taken when you take into uh, account how much effort went into making this thing, I feel like uh, pound for pound, you might want to say it's the worst movie of twenty twenty. <laughs> I disagree. Andy. Okay, you disagree. Huh? I wonder. I wonder what movie you might oh, think boy. is the worst. I maybe movie. mentioned it eight thousand times this year. Okay, the worst movie of twenty twenty was Glenn Danzig's directorial debut feature length film called Veronica. Okay. This anthological movie, which we didn't get a lot of the source material. Again, another one that Rob reviewed with us. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not a fan of the comics, or I've never read the comics. Sure. You have. I have. Rob never read the comics. Mm -hmm. You have. Apparently, some other people who've read the comics didn't like it either. Okay. Like I said, I I got a little excoriated on the uh, Danzig The only thing you protected is that 
the you know the source material but you even admitted that with the source material this was bad sure but it's the, a bad movie you know but it, it, this it, is, it felt like it felt worse than a college movie or this, what this is is a student film i mean this is some really low hanging fruit I mean, <laughs> I, I, and I, I have a laugh. I, I get rip on them, but I get you're still mad that I made you watch this. But dude, it, I don't, I don't know that it. You know, like like I said, with the grudge, they spent fourteen million dollars making that movie. Exactly. You have Lynn okay. Shea, That's you have John Cho, you have all these great actors in it, and you know, I think that was part of the point of the what the, what the guy yesterday who uh, ripped on me in the in the Danzig Instagram page said is that you know the the actors are like. B-grade porno movie actresses and stuff. Although you have, you do have like um, um, the one uh, Ashley Wisdom is in it, and and some other people that are ostensibly. Good well, here's actors, here's but, the here, I'll go on the good side of this yeah. is that that movie didn't ruin me from wanting to see Glenn's next movie. Mm-hmm. Rob Zombie has done that for me. Yeah, right. Be, because right. I know what I'm going to expect. Do exactly. I like the gore? Do I do I like? Is he a decent director? Yeah. But it shouldn't be writing anything. I, I if, agree. If Glenn's uh-huh. got a bigger budget, and a guy like Devin Sawa's been in Hollywood and and been, uh, you know, a, um, a champion for horror movies, right. you know, Final Destination. He's yeah. been a champion for so many years. Is that I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. But if I have to base this off of a low budget, and we've seen a lot lower or about the same budgets come out with produce a better movie. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like. Okay, that that's what I'm basing it off of. I'm not I'm not ripping on Glenn Danzig saying that he's not a capable director because he's obviously been successful in his life with comics. You know, taking the idea of your comics and 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 being able to put it on to a screen is really, really, really hard to do. It, it is. There's you know, very I mean, few movies where you take the source material of a comic. And make it look fantastic. Well, and, the and first it, movie I saw that was a comic was Creep Show, mm-hmm. and they did a really good job with that. Is. And this is the eighties. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't know. It, it's, I think there's a there's like a I don't know. This movie makes an impression. It, it, it has some unforgettable imagery. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, even when it's boring, it's memorable. We've mm-hmm. talked about it all year. Yeah. You know, uh, since we saw it, which is, that's a lot more than I could say for Dr. Sleep, which was, uh, you know, a good movie. Right. You know, we, I don't think we've mentioned that since we, we rated it. And, you know, uh, I think Glenn Danzig is going to be a horror director that creates some films that we'll be talking about for a long time. I mean, am I eager to see William? I think to your point, am I eager to see like William Brent Bell's next movie? He's the director of Brahms the Boy too. No, no. But I am interested to see Death Rider in the House of Vampires, just right. because this was so different. But this, this, this is flip flop. If you're talking about Brahms and Brahms the Boy too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're talking about you had, you got enjoyment out of the first one, and then the second one did nothing for you. Yeah. We did talk about Veronica a lot, and we referred it to you know, hey, it was no Veronica, but that's the point <laughs> that was, of, of you of, said that. Of being the worst of the year yeah. be, because it was just that bad. I mean, it was just like it, it, it was. It reminded me of what Ed Wood did with Plan Nine from Outer Space. Oh, just keep it. Okay, Go ahead, keep it okay. In there. And there's another thing. Like, okay, Glenn Danzig's uh, record company was called Plan Nine Records. Okay? So is it, he did so this deliberately. I think he might be doing. Yeah, he might. Uh, this might be some homage and some things that it, we don't understand. If, if that's the case, 
then the second movie should be similar to this. I I don't know. I you know I have no idea. We'll see what the second movie's like. If it's if it's like Veronica, yes, then I'll agree that that maybe maybe Glenn Danzig should should give up the get get out from behind the camera. But, <laughs> okay. Uh, you know I I mean <laughs> I think that uh, there's a lot going on that made Veronica what it was, right. and uh, it it ultimately ended up being something that was very memorable and and i think you're gonna people are gonna continue to watch it for years at, at like these midnight showings and stuff With, without with question and i wasn't trying to be a bro or like like no be on, i don't be on the side of <laughs> oh yeah that movie sucked like to me it was just a lot of eye rolling and i'm like did i just see a thermostat on the wall as somebody was walking by yeah when they're supposed to that. be outside you did you saw that and then exactly. these guys accidentally <laughs> they, they use their their door smasher and they accidentally hit the door too hard and they look over at the camera like breaking the fourth wall and go, oops, sorry, yeah. Glenn. <laughs> yeah, they almost knocked down the whole wall. You could, you could see that. Yeah, it that like, did happen. Like, wow, really? And then the overlong bathing scene in the blood. Yeah, that was a little bit long. Yeah, that <laughs> took a long time. And there were some lingering shots in this movie that I don't quite understand what he was doing. But, uh, you know, it was, I mean, it was, like, yeah, I mean, again, I, I say the source material, whatever. Like, I... You know, Decretia Contessa of Blood, I thought was a really cool graphic novel. And it was interesting just to see that up on the screen, you know, to see her, her in live action. Uh, and, I, you know, I think that's fantastic, too. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, referring back to that, if it's really, really hard to to do that, to bring it like into reality, mm-hmm. because in all oh, the like the strips, strip joint scene, yeah. we just needed to fill time. So we needed an extra yeah. five minutes in there. Yeah, that, that seemed like what was going on there. So uh, <laughs> there's no doubt about that. And that was definitely the weakest uh, of the uh, of the shorts in the in the anthology was the uh, strip strip club one. But yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not I'm not going to fight you on this. Uh, I. I uh, <laughs> I took my beating on Instagram last night for Veronica. So. I, I'm, I'm not ripping on you. I know, you, I know you're you're really eager to see the new movie, and I think that's I great. Am, and I'm, I, I'll review it with you. To see it. I'll put a smile on. I'm not going to be Rob on too. He can he can come talk about it. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, just really recapping my top five: number five, Blood, Quantum, Color Out of Space at number four, The Invisible Man at number three, Anything from Jack for Jackson at number two, and Host. Andy, your top five, real quick. My top five was um, Vivarium at number five, The Hunt at number four, Hunter Hunter at number three, Host number two, and The Invisible Man was my favorite movie of 2020. There we go. Everybody go check it out. Everybody have a wonderful New Year. Stay safe out there. Uh, be very, very careful. Uh, we're going to kick off <laughs> 2021 next Friday. We're going to re- be reviewing the brand new remake, Castle Freak. I'm excited about it. Yeah. Uh, oh, man, I'm excited. Big fan for this. of the original. We, we finally we finally kind of changed up a little bit. And we were talking about some surprises. We are we have booked an interview with Gags the Clown director right here in Wisconsin. Adam Krause is going to be joining right. us that next week. And then I think we're going to be doing anything for Jackson that third week. Excellent. All right, everybody. Again, have a happy new year. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to rate and review us on uh, iTunes or you can get us anywhere you get your uh, podcast. Go follow us on all of our social medias. Uh, Have a great weekend, a great New Year's, and we will talk to you next week.